0: Section 36 of Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Ed Humpel. Poems of American History, The Colonial Era, Chapter 8, The Struggle for the Continent, Part 5 Peace was made at Aix-la-Chapelle in 1748, but it was really only a truce. England and France could not be permanently at peace until one or the other was undisputed master of the North American continent. The French claimed all the country west of the Alleghenies, and enforced their claims by building a string of forts, among them Fort Duquesne at the head of the Ohio. At last, in 1755, was the British lion roused. The British Lion Roused, 1755. Hail, great Apollo! Guide my feeble pen To rouse the august lion from his den, Exciting vengeance on the worst of men. Rouse, British lion, from thy soft repose, And take revenge upon the worst of foes, Who try to ring and haul you by the nose. They always did thy quiet breast annoy, Raising rebellion with the rival boy. Seeking thy faith and interest to destroy. Treaties and oaths they always did break through. They never did nor would keep faith with you, By popes and priests indulged so to do. All neighboring powers and neutral standers by, Look on our cause with an impartial eye, And see their falseness and their perfidy. Their grand encroachments on us ne'er did cease, But by indulgence mightily increase, Killing and scalping us in time of peace. They buy our scalps exciting savage clans, In children's blood for to imbue their hands, Assisted by their cruel Gallic bands. Britons, strike home, strike home decisive blows Upon the heads of your perfidious foes, Who always truth and justice did oppose. Go brave the ocean with your warlike ships, And speak your terror o'er the western deeps, And crush the squadrons, of the gallic fleets cleave liquid mountains of the foaming flood and tinge the billows with the gallic blood by faithful drubbing to their future good bury their squadrons ill in watery tombs and when the news under verse it comes let lewis swear by gar and gnaw his thumbs oh ride triumphant o'er the gallic powers and conquer all these cursed foes of ours and sweep the ocean with your iron showers while all the tribes in Neptune's spacious hall Shall stand astonished at the cannon ball To see such hailstones down among them fall. Some of their tribes perhaps are killed dead, And others in vast amazement fled, While Neptune stands aghast and scratches his head. My roving muse, the surface reach again, Search every part of the Atlantic plain, And see if any galaxy yet remain. AND IF THEY DO, LET BRITISH CANNON ROAR, AND LET THY THUNDERS REACH THE WESTERN SHORE, WHILE I STRIVE TO rouse HER SONS ONCE MORE. STEPHEN TILDEN Active hostilities began early in 1755. On February 20th, General Edward Braddock landed at Hampton, Virginia, and proceeded at once to organize an expedition to march against Fort Duquesne. George Washington, who had already had some bitter experience with the French, was made one of his aides de camp. On May 29th the army, with an immense wagon-train, began its long journey across the mountains. THE SONG OF Braddock's MEN May 29th, 1755 To arms, to arms, my jolly grenadiers, Hark how the drums do roll it along! To horse, to horse, with valiant good cheer! We'll meet our proud foe before it is long. Let not your courage fail you. Be valiant, stout, and bold, And it will soon avail you, My loyal hearts of gold. Huzzah, my valiant countrymen, Again I say huzzah! Tis nobly done, the day's our own. Huzzah! Huzzah! March on. March on, brave Braddock leads the foremost. The battle is begun, as you may fairly see. Stand firm, be bold, and it will soon be over will soon gain the field from our proud enemy. A squadron now appears, my boys, if that they do but stand. Boys, never fear, be sure you mind the word of command. Huzzah, my valiant countrymen, again I say, Huzzah! Tis nobly done, the day's our own, Huzzah, huzzah! See how, see how they break and fly before us, See how they are scattered all over the plain. Now, now! Now, now our country will adore us in peace and in triumph, boys, when we return again. Then laurels shall our glory crown for all our actions told. The hills shall echo all around, my loyal hearts of gold. Huzzah, my valiant countrymen, again I say huzzah. Tis nobly done, the day's our own. Huzzah, huzzah. Braddock, with a picked force of about twelve hundred men, reached the Monongahela July 8th in excellent order, and, on the following morning, with colors flying and drums beating, marched against the fort. The French garrison, under Contrecoeur, was in panic and ready for flight, but a young captain of regulars, named Bougeot, with difficulty obtained permission to take out a small party, mostly Indians, to harass the advancing column. They encountered the English about seven miles from the fort, marching in close order along a narrow road which the pioneers had made. The Indians opened fire, spreading along either flank, and protected by the underbrush. The English, crowded together in the open road, could not see their enemies and were thrown into confusion. Braddock, wild with rage, refused to permit them to fight in Indian fashion, but beat them back into line with his sword. At last a bullet struck him down, and his troops fled in panic from the field braddock's fate with an incitement to revenge july 9th 1755 come all ye sons of brittany assist my muse in tragedy and mourn brave braddock's destiny and spend a mournful day upon monongahela fields the mightier fallen o'er their shields and british blood bedews the hills of western gilboa july the 9th O fatal day They had a bold and bloody fray, Our host was smote with a dismay, Some basely did retire, And left brave Braddock in the field, Who had much rather die than yield, A while his sword he bravely wielded In clouds of smoke and fire. Some time he bravely stood his ground, A thousand foes did him surround, Till he received a mortal wound, Which forced him to retreat. He died upon the thirteenth day, As he was homeward on his way, Alas! Alas, we all must say, A sore and sad defeat. Now to his grave this hero's borne, While savage foes triumph and scorn, And drooping banners dress his urn, And guard him to his tomb. Heralds and monarchs of the dead, You that so many worms have fed, He's coming to your chilly bed, Edge close and give him room. HIS epitaph. Beneath this stone brave Braddock lies, WHO ALWAYS HATED COWARDICE, BUT FELL A SAVAGE SACRIFICE AMIDST HIS INDIAN FOES. I CHARGE YOU, HEROES OF THE GROUND, TO GUARD THIS DARK PAVILION ROUND, TO KEEP OFF ALL OBTRUDING SOUND, AND CHERISH HIS REPOSE. SLEEP, SLEEP, I SAY, BRAVE VALIANT MAN, BOLD DEATH AT LAST HAS BID THEE STAND, AND TO RESIGN THY GREAT COMMAND, AND CANCEL THY COMMISSION. Although THOU DIDST NOT MUCH INCLINE, THY POST AND HONORS TO RESIGN, NOW IRON SLUMBER DOTH CONFINE, NONE ENVIES THY CONDITION. A SURVEY OF THE FIELD OF BATTLE RETURN, MY MUSE, UNTO THE FIELD, SEE WHAT A PROSPECT IT DOTH YIELD. INGRATEFUL TO THE EYES AND SMELL, A CARNAGE BATHED IN GORE, lies SCALPED AND MANGLED O'ER THE HILLS, WHILE SANGUINE RIVERS FILL THE DALES, and pale-faced horror spreads the fields, the like ne'er here before, and must these sons of Brittany be clouded set in western skies and fall a savage sacrifice? Oh, tis a gloomy hour; my blood boils high in every vein to climb the mountains of the slain and break the iron jaws in twain of savage Gallic power. Our children with their mothers die. While they aloud for mercy cry, they kill and scalp them instantly, then fly into the woods, and make a mock of all their cries, and bring their scalps a sacrifice to their infernal deities, and praise their demon gods. Revenge! Revenge the harmless blood which their inhuman dogs have shed in every frontier neighborhood. FOR NEAR THESE HUNDRED YEARS, THEIR MURDERING CLAN IN AMBUSH LIES, TO KILL AND SCALP THEM BY SURPRISE, AND FREE FROM TENDER PARENTS' EYES TEN HUNDRED THOUSAND TEARS. THEIR SKULKING, SCALPING, MURDERING TRICKS HAVE SO ENRAGED OLD SIXTY-SIX, WITH ARMS AND LEGS LIKE WITHERED STICKS, AND YOUTHFUL VIGOUR GONE, THAT IF HE LIVES ANOTHER YEAR, COMPLETE IN ARMOUR HE'LL APPEAR, AND LAUGH AT DEATH, AND SCOFF AT FEAR, TO RIGHT HIS COUNTRY'S WRONG. LET YOUNG AND OLD, BOTH HIGH AND LOW, ARM WELL AGAINST THIS SAVAGE FOE, WHO ALL AROUND ENVIRON US SO, THE SONS OF BLACK DELUSION. NEW ENGLAND'S SONS, YOU KNOW THEIR WAY, AND HOW TO CROSS THEM IN THEIR PLAY, AND DRIVE THESE MURDERING DOGS AWAY, UNTO THEIR LAST CONFUSION. ONE BOLD EFFORT, oh, LET US MAKE, AT ONE BLOW BEHEAD THE SNAKE, AND THEN THESE SAVAGE POWERS WILL BREAK, WHICH LONG HAVE US OPPRESSED and this brave soldiers will we do if heaven and george shall say so too and if we drive the matter through the land will be at rest come every soldier charge your gun and let your task be killing one take aim until the work is done don't throw away your fire for he that fires without an aim may kill his friend and be to blame and in the end come off with shame when forced to retire o motherland we think we're sure, sufficient is thy marine powers, to dissipate all eastern showers, and if our arms be blessed, thy sons in North America will drive these hell born dogs away as far beyond the realms of day as East is from the west. Forbear, my muse, thy barbarous song, upon this theme thou dwellst too long. It is too high and much too strong, the learned won't allow. Much honor should accrue to him who ne'er was at their academe. Come, blot out every telesem, get home unto thy plough. Stephen Tilden, composed August twentieth, seventeen fifty five. Ned Braddock, july ninth, seventeen fifty five said the sword to the axe, twixt the wax and the hacks. Who's your bold berserker, cleaving of tracks? Hewing a highway through greenwood and glen, foot-free for cattle and heart-free for men. Braddock of Fontenoy, stubborn and grim, carving a cross on the wilderness rim. In his own doom-building, large for the Lord, steeple and state, said the axe to the sword. Said the blade to the axe, and shall none say him nay, never a broadsword to bar him the way, never a bush where a Huron may hide, nor the shot of a Shawnee spit red on his side, down the long trail from the fort to the ford, naked and streaked, plunge a moccasined horde, Huron and Wyadot, hot for the bout, Shawnee and Ottawa barring him out, reddening the ridge twixt a gourd and a gorge, bold to the sky, loom the ranks of St. George. Braddock of Fontenoy, belted and horsed, For a foe to be struck and a pass to be forced, Twixt the pit and the crest, Twixt the rocks and the grass, Where the bush hides the foe, and the foe holds the pass, Boujo and Pontiac, striving amain, Huron and Wyadot jeering the slain. Boujo, bon comrade, Boujo the gay, Bujoux and death cast their blades in the fray, Never a rifle that spared when they spoke, Never a scalf knight that balked in its stroke, till the red hillocks marked where the standards had danced, and the grenadiers gasped where their sabres had glanced. But Braddock raged fierce in that storm by the ford, and railed at his curs with the flat of his sword. Said the sword to the axe, Where's your berserker now? Lo, his bones mark a path for a countryman's cow. And Bougeot the gay, give him place, right or wrong, in your tale of a camp, of your stave of a song but Braddock of Fontenoy, stubborn and grim, who but he carved a cross on the wilderness rim. In his own doomed building, large for the Lord, steeple and state, said the axe to the sword. John Williamson Palmer End of Section 36